0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's
1: sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolfen and Lou. Oh boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, got to get the stadium swim, by the way, at some point this football season, even if it's just for college games or something. i got to get there. Think
0: about it, man. Three levels, six pools. Ridiculous. Come on. High-definition screen, 143 feet wide by 40 feet high of nothing but games as the backdrop to that
1: entire entire pool experience. We should be doing every show from there for the next six months. <laughs> That's what we should be doing. All right, it's time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. All of today's top sports stories in one place
2: here to deliver them is Rick Rick what's up what's up guys all right so the Arizona Cardinals had their third preseason game on Saturday as they fell to the Titans one guy that made his presence known during the offseason was Andy Isabella I think I was overlooked. I think they turned their back on me, um, but I overcame again, and I think that's
1: maybe why I operate best. I've been overlooked my whole life, uh, coming out of UMass and Mayfield, everything, um, and that motivates me. And, um, but I know my purpose is, is my, my purpose that God gives me is to inspire these kids that look up to me and my family.
2: And um, so when I go out there, I really remember that, and that motivates me to go hard every play, even when I'm tired, even when I don't want to show up. I know I have a greater purpose. So our Sanderson-Ford Poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com and it asks who was the preseason MVP for the Cardinals: Greg Dortch, Isabella, Zayvon Collins, or other? Uh, I think it was close between Dortch and Isabella.
1: I think I think you have to lean Isabella. I, I, I'm going to lean Isabella, but I, I do think Greg Dortch was close.
0: Man, that is going to be that's really really hard. Greg Dorch or Andy Isabella? I mean, Trace McSorley could get tossed in there, too, but I don't think he was the MVP. Once again, um, I'm going to say Andy Isabella only because I thought we knew Andy Isabella. Greg Dorch really didn't know Greg Dorch, even though he did some nice things last year, of course. Didn't really know Greg Dorch. So, wow, to see him develop the way that he is, that's kind of cool. But I thought I knew where Andy Isabella was on his career path who he was and where he was and he totally changed that perspective this preseason so i'm gonna go andy
2: isabella all right i will vote andy isabella and he wins 48 percent uh of the votes uh greg dorch 37 percent other 12 percent four percent for zavin collins Boy, oh, there you go All right. Eyes will be on Zayvon Collins in year two, as we all expect the linebacker to take a step and really help the Cardinals' defense this season. You know, it'll be a work in progress, um, just going into a second year. Um, But he's gotten better and better, and the read and react is is by far where I've seen the biggest improvement. Uh, Last year, I thought it was wait and let it come to you, and now he's seeing things he's triggering, and he's he's going to tackle the ball. And uh, We know he's got the physical traits to be a special player in this league, and he's just got to continue to get the reps and put in the work. How regular season ready do y'all think Saban Collins is? Uh I, I you know I'm not going into the
1: season thinking he can't handle it. I, I, I wouldn't say that, Wolf. I just I think this is it's gonna be a work in progress and there's going to be growing pains. And I don't know that there's much I could have seen in the preseason to change my opinion on that unless he was dominant in all three games. And he wasn't dominant. So I don't think he's like a bust. I don't I'm not I'm not in that group of like, oh another first round pick went badly. I don't think it's that. It's very early. But let's be real, the Cardinals' first three games are very difficult, and so any growing pains he may have are going to be amplified those first three
0: games. Yeah, you know, honestly, with Zayvon Collins right now, um, the only thing this guy needs is to understand that you should be trying to make a necklace out of the other guy's teeth. That's what he needs to understand. They
1: don't and tell you, you that, at, does the, that honestly, at the Combine, do they? Huh? They don't tell you that
0: at the Combine. No, I mean, honestly, I, I believe if zaven gets that and understands that, it's okay. It's okay to actually tap into the rage tree. He's such a smart, nice kid. He's got to understand, man. Hey, you want to string some teeth together and put it around your neck? It's
1: okay. He made some plays. He did make some plays on Saturday. It's just the consistency. There's just no way to know.
2: It was too small of a sample size. All right, tough 53-man roster decisions loom for the Cardinals. So how many roster decisions are left to make? Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury on how many roster decisions are left to make. There's a bunch. I mean, there's some deep rooms. Um, There's some guys we would hate to... to see on other teams, just with potential and how they played in this camp, and so um, it's a good problem to have, but we've we got to try and make the right decision and do what's best for the organization. So, which position room do you guys think will be the hardest for the Cardinals to decide on?
0: Oh, 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 oh. I think it's running
2: back, right? I'm going to go back. wide receiver
0: if you're going to you? go running okay. back, just yeah. to be
2: different.
1: <laughs> yeah, alright, good luck with that. I mean, look, I don't think receiver's going to be easy, but I think I could... I could do that. If they said, hey, Luke, you know what? We just don't have time to make the rest of our cuts. You have to pick the receivers. I could do that. Running back, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I can cut one of these guys. Receiver, I think I could trim it down. I I need to know what's up with Antoine Wesley. I need to know if he counts against the 53 or not. But
0: running back's a
2: mess in a good way.
0: You know, for me, again, I'll be the contrarian. I'll say the wide receiver room is absolutely jam-packed. You could build a case that says you should keep seven wide—stop it. Seven wide receivers. I can't even believe I said that. Yeah, you're crazy. Strike dumb. that from the logger.
2: It's too late. <laughs> <is> live radio. <laughs> hey, man, come in and uh, get your playbook. Hit uh, button. <laughs> Hey, man, come and get your playbook. Uh, you're going to see Luke Lipinski. The radio host? What? Why?
1: Yeah, they just they had to outsource the receiver cuts, and they knew they couldn't get Wolf to do it.
2: All right, and last one for you guys. Uh, according to MLB.com, Steve Gilbert, the D-backs are planning on calling up Corbin Carroll from AAA Reno in, uh, for, in time for tonight's game. Your reaction to that? Yeah, he's supposed to bat
1: eighth in this one. Uh, you know, we asked Steve Gilbert when we had him on earlier in the show, when's the last time the Diamondbacks had a a Oh, a prospect this hyped up that they then called up, right? I mean, Dansby Swanson was hyped up and they quickly traded him away for Shelby Miller. Uh, but part of the reason I asked Steve Gilbert is because I've been asking everybody for the last 24 hours. They even asked Vinny out in the hallway when he was trying to go home and he was like, I maybe Upton and that's kind of my thought was and that's what Gilbert said too, but I don't even know if Upton was, was the top prospect when he started.
0: This is going to be the coolest thing, man, that has happened to this organization in a long, long time. Um, you <sighs> There's going to be a lot of people that are going to show up tonight just to see Corbin Carroll. It's also ASU night out there, so that's going to
1: be a big crowd tonight. Yeah, those yeah. Man, the ASU Diamondbacks hats that they're giving away tonight. Pretty sweet
0: looking. Yeah, I'm going to grab some tickets and I'm going to take my son tomorrow night. We're going to go see Corbin Carroll.
1: You to see Corbin Carroll and Zach Allen if you go tomorrow. Night. Ah, Sounds nice. like Mad Bum. Mad Bum nice. may be pitching tonight. All right, that was uh Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Rick. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, The Who are heading to Octin Pavilion October 30th for their the Who Hits back tour. Tickets go on sale this Thursday at 10, but you can win a pair now by visiting the contest page on Arizonasports.com. When we come back, how did the third preseason game impact the fifty-three-man roster decisions? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> This is Kyler Murray, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: Nobody is as fast as this kid. He's like that little kid.
1: You can't catch me. Na, na, na. Allow me to reintroduce
0: myself. My name is
1: Staff to Murray, and he's going to keep it off the left side. He's at the ten, at the five. He's in again. Some more Murray magic.
2: Our guy is one of those that gives you a chance every Sunday, and at his best, you know I don't know who's better in this league. Let's be
1: the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go.
2: Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now.
1: All right, the preseason is over, which is really the—Wolf, uh, you and I have been trying to figure out during the breaks, like, why do we have so much energy today? It's a Monday. Why is there, like, this, like, just—I don't know. There's something Yo. in the air. I think that's something in the air is the fact that the preseason is over. And the the, the next time we see football, which is going to be—I mean, the first regular season game is a week from Thursday for, yeah. you know, Bills-Rams. Right. Right. Um, This is it. I mean, we're going to basically have football. We got to get through this weekend. Although, I would say this college football coming up this
0: weekend. We basically have football now until mid February. I know. What a beautiful thing it is right now, including the backyard brawl coming up this weekend. Yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Of course, the NFL doesn't start until that Thursday, a week from this Thursday. That's the best way to say it, isn't it? But
1: we've got real college, like we had some college football over this past weekend, but we've got real week one. Last weekend was week zero, which is always kind of a weird week to have. How
2: about that onside kick?
1: Yeah, Nebraska. Yeah. I I know. know See, now next week we don't have to just watch Nebraska if we want to watch football.
0: Yeah, right now though it's looming. Preseason is over and that means the regular season is coming right now. If fires me up cut down day is tomorrow there will be moves there will be cuts today of course a lot of people um a lot of teams i should say maybe actually trying to cut somebody loose today in order to give them a chance to possibly get ahead of the curve and maybe be picked up by somebody else You'll see a lot of general managers do that on this day, even though they don't have to until tomorrow. So the the energy is there, because although it is negative, much of the time when you're cutting somebody loose, it does remind me. It reminds me of what it was like, man, when you were on the bubble and suddenly cut down day came and you made it. You made it. You you're on the team man you're part of the 53 right there man i remember how oh man what a beautiful thank you lord god day that truly was and yet at the same time there's that energy and it's palpable that energy when you get caught and that's tough because i think i've been caught and i think of all the guys that are going to get caught tomorrow and what that's like. A lot of them, this is it. This is going to be it. Their dream is going to be done when they get caught. How much do you think specific to the
1: Cardinals Saturday's game really impacted decisions? Obviously, it's going to have an impact on some of them, but I have to feel like for the most part the Cardinals went into that game thinking, okay, we got to get this down to 53 guys and we probably know who, what, 50 of them are? And we're you know we're watching seven guys maybe for those final three spots and yeah. and some stuff is still floating around because again if you got an injury and you know if a guy's going to start the season on that list then he's not going to count against the fifty
0: three well, there's a lot of moving parts still I like your I like your question right there uh, how many guys were impacted by what we saw on Saturday night against the Titans in the third preseason game um, I think you could say Trace McSorley go ahead and look at him right there was he impacted good or bad. Are they going to only keep two quarterbacks when they kept three last year? Trace McSorley. Uh, I think if the Arizona Cardinals do cut Trace McSorley, I think he's going to be picked up by somebody
1: else. Yeah, I I think when you consider the fact that, you know, you look at the game on Saturday, his numbers weren't amazing by any means. But they moved the ball pretty well early in that game, and, and he was a big part of it. Uh, he finished 15-29, 65.9 quarterback rating, 144 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So it wasn't like amazing numbers. No. he. But But as you've been saying all along, Cliff seems invested in him, and I just feel like they have been happy with him.
0: Yeah, it's not like he's had amazing numbers. He has not posted numbers like that. But when you watch him, you watch him play. He made some really nice decisions, some really nice reads, some really nice throws. He looked really athletic in the process of doing it. Um, yeah, I think this is just me. I think if they cut him loose, he's going to be picked up by somebody else. Um, Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. What did Daryl Williams have to do on Saturday night? What did he have to do? He was out there playing. There's a reason why he's dressed. Yeah. There's a reason why he got reps. There's a reason why he was playing. What is that reason?
1: And he got two carries, got in the end zone. You know, I know there's that school of thought of, well, somebody's got to play. I don't know that Darrell Williams is that somebody. (laughs) They they had other guys they could have put a running back or they could have just let it be Keontae Ingram all night. That's the one, Wolf. That's the one move. I don't, I'm not saying it was the wrong move. I just, I want to know what it means. I get Trace McStorley started the game, and played a good chunk of it. I get Zayvon Collins. I, I even understand them pulling them out when, when, when they did, I probably would have left him in. But I, but I understand, you know, what the thinking was. Why did Daryl Williams play and just play a little bit? Did they need to be like, can he get 4.5
0: yards a you carry know, for two carries? Right. Yes, he can. Done. Like, what, what were they looking for? What were they looking for? That's what we got to find. You know, Benjamin played once again. Yeah. Um, I, I, did I expect Eno Benjamin to be out there? I really did not. Really? I thought Eno Benjamin oh, thought he was, be there. Okay. was here. Okay, I thought he was. I thought he was a guy that certainly was going to make the team. I do believe Daryl Williams is here as well. Um, he didn't get much action. He didn't get a lot of grease in the first two preseason games. That told me they felt really good about 2-4. They felt really, really good. What a great
1: number. Uh, I, just they, say, you, you know what? I just think you'd bring <laughs> so, his number up and nobody else's.
0: 2-4. We all get it. We all know, right? 2-4. I used to love 2-4. Because you of
1: know. Ken Griffey Jr.? Is that
0: why? No, that oh. wasn't it. It wasn't because of that right there. Adrian um, I love it. Number two, the duality. The number of duality, ladies and gentlemen. There is right and there is wrong. There is up and there is down. Right? The, the duality of life. Um I love that, the two and then the four. I'm the duality my of brain. the duality of life in the world. Four is the number of the world, of course, as we all know. So in numerology, it was the duality of life in the world. Two four. What are you gonna do? Choose God, my young Grunks. I will tell you that. Choose God. I wonder if Daryl Williams. I wonder if he was just like, yeah, twenty four
1: is what they gave. Oh,
0: him. that felt good to go so deep right <laughs> there. He had
1: some that deep was philosophical a, meaning.
0: Not about that two four Daryl Williams. Look that, there's Darryl Wait, so Williams now, there's Daryl. Williams can
1: we find the answer to why Daryl Williams got two carries for nine yards based on your numerology over there?
0: Yes. I, you know, listen, I, I think Daryl Williams is here, and he didn't have to prove an awful lot. It's one of the reasons why he played one quarter. And then Eno Benjamin. Hey, would you say Eno Benjamin? Did you really think Eno Benjamin was on the bubble? I didn't.
1: No, but I, but I thought he was going to play. I thought whether it was going to be we need reps for him. We I, need reps. I like that. I I, I guess what I, what I didn't think, Wolf, is it was just going to be Keontae Ingram because it feels like somebody's on the bubble in that room. So, okay, Connor set him aside, but if you're choosing three of the four between Daryl Williams, Jonathan Ward, Keontae Ingram, and Eno Benjamin, I didn't expect it to just be Ingram playing the whole game. Yes. So I guess that's why I expected Eno to play. I didn't expect Daryl Williams to play, though.
0: Okay. Um, How about some other guys that are out there as well? Um, Well, now we have to go to break oh we do yeah sorry oh my goodness i, I was I know. Three
1: more guys you, were, you like went into podcast mode oh, you were going to blast through for the next hour <laughs> you're like oh this is a free flowing conversation right uh okay <laughs> you cut me off you, that was correct well because when we come back well, well done. i was worried you were going to go to this place and so i'm going to we're going to get there after the break not going there i already looked at the show sheet. oh did you really and it was today's <laughs> show sheet Wow. How about okay. that? Wow, look at you. Proud of yourself. Uh, Andy Isabella, oh, is yeah, I'm he, uh, four. Is he on. on this team? Is he on somebody's team? <laughs> Sounds like he's out to prove something this year. We'll explain next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona
2: Sports Station. Hi, this is DeAndre Hopkins, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Oh, my
3: goodness, it caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown.
2: It was on three people they were they were in position it was just a better catch by I
0: that's when they were at 10 man hey right, when the lights come on he's going to be ready hey come on come on yo let's go wolf and luke talk cardinals
1: now all right, well, if you're so proud of yourself, you had that show sheet and you waved it around before. Like, I did. you were the only one in the building. Oh. I'm reading it, man. Yeah. How about you? All right, what are we talking about here, then? <laughs> you know what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just pull out my trusty show sheet. Uh, Andy Isabella. That's right. had quite uh, the game on Saturday. He's had quite the preseason. He's had quite the camp. Uh, he was overdue, but uh, he talked uh, a little bit after the game. This is with Paul Calvisi. <laughs> it's a pretty straightforward answer. Paul's like, okay, how do you feel about your performance? Here's Andy Isabella. Amazing, It was a great performance, and uh, that's what I do when I go out there and play. Not only have I not heard Andy Isabella that over-the-top confident in himself, Wolf, I'm not even sure I've heard Andy Isabella talk in like two years. And that was, that was pretty much like, yeah, look at me. And now about this one later on in the conversation, are did you make the fit, the, uh, final 53 here? Sure, I want to play. So whoever's going to play me, um, I hope that's where I go. If it's here, if they're going to give me reps, then, uh, I'm happy to be here and happy to make plays and happy to impact, uh, make an impact for this team. Um, so I hope, uh, that's the case. I love Arizona and we're going to see what happens.
0: Yeah, he's made a 53-man roster. We just don't know which 53-man roster. So
2: I do have a question regarding that. Okay. If you have
0: a guy like Andy Isabella who has really flashed this preseason, do you think that is the Cardinals' best trade chip for something that they need? Or do you think there is another player out there that could be better. Yeah, you know it's interesting. It's a great question, Mel, but I will tell you right now in regard to acquiring a corner back and that's exactly what I think they're going to do. They need a corner back. You need a pick and a player. He's that's the player, though, right? And I think he could be that player.
1: I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to minimize what he's done this preseason. Actually, quite the opposite. I'm saying that he's driven his, his trade value up the highest it's ever been in his career. Now, you know, maybe you need him this season and he plays and he makes an impact and he looks like a second round pick and he's a late bloomer. And then obviously that's more valuable, I guess, than a trade, but maybe it even isn't, Wolf, because they need a corner. They don't need yeah. a receiver. I think that the. I like I think he's their biggest trade chip right now but I I think what you're going to you're going to find is any team that may have a corner that's available, you're going to kind of need somebody to position they need. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you find a team that's like, yeah, we actually could trade a corner, but they're loaded at receiver, then Andy Isabella is not going to mean anything to them.
0: You know, I'm so happy for the kid once again because I was really high on Andy Isabella when he first came in here. Um, the combination of being a mathematician, an engineer, and having four three-speed felt real good. Um, and then he got lost. He got lost on his way. And right now, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens with Andy Isabella. And I'm so happy for the kid that he's actually had the preseason that he's had, had the training camp that he has had. He is the most improved player year to year on the Arizona Cardinals roster. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's got some confidence going right now. So once again, he's going to be on their 53-man roster. I just don't know which team
1: he's going to be on. He sounds very confident. He almost sounds uh, angry (laughs) to a certain extent, which isn't a bad thing necessarily.
0: But Wolf, what I would say... I I think he, he sounded resolute. Paul Calvisi said that. He found the perfect word. Resolute. And wow. I would agree. Yes. Look, look Resolute. At
1: you. complimenting Paul Calvisi. is not I, even here. Well, yeah,
0: but Paul heard that word from me. Oh, got okay. that from uh, me. Resolute. All right,
1: so you gave it to him. Yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it, it does beg the question, if you're a Cardinals fan, you're asking this, or if you're, car- I guarantee you, there's a lot of Cardinals fans driving around in their car right now, like, big deal. What's he done in the regular season? Right. One catch last year. Um he clearly has chemistry with Trace McSorley. No doubt. He needs to now have it with Kyler Murray. Yes. That, that is the key because yes. as much as I would say trade him for a corner because you need a corner a lot more, I will just point out, Wolf, again, the only receivers you know you have for week one are Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore. None of these guys have played at all in the preseason. And then after Rondale Moore... Andy Isabella or Greg Dortch, probably. So you yeah. may actually need him in week one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And, and if he's out there, he's got to make plays.
0: Yeah. Uh, once again, all three games in the preseason for Andy Isabella, he flashed. The reason why his trade stock may have value, and never forget this either. Remember, the Arizona Cardinals told Andy Isabella and his agent to go out and seek a yep. trade. Never forget that. And guess what? He's still here. That didn't go well. Well guess what? That's gonna change after this preseason right now. He flashed in all three of these games. He was getting open, his his targets went through the roof, did they not? Yeah, hundred fifteen yards
1: on Saturday. That's part
0: of the that's part of the chemistry you're talking about with Trace McSorley too. He was catching the ball away from his body, catching the ball with his hands, like we've never seen him do. He was getting behind corners and drawing DPIs, defensive pass interference. He did it three games in a row. I think he drew four overall, defensive pass interference, all after getting by the corner. I mean, this guy... And don't get me started on the crowd saying, well, look who he's playing against, Wolf. I get it. I understand it. But you can't control that as a player. The only thing you can control is how you play. He
1: he hasn't looked like this in previous preseasons either. And it, it would stand to reason if he is this committed, and I would assume he is in the NFL, that he could be getting better. And he sure looks like he's gotten a lot better. And I will say this, too, in his defense... We were saying this, and we weren't the only ones, before the first preseason game, Wolf. He looked yeah, better in that's camp. that's right. He did. This, this is not just, a, oh, he had a 74-yard catch on Saturday. He has looked better for the entire last month of football.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, and yet, at the same time, I remember thinking to myself, while in camp, well, let's just see. Let's see what happens in the game. And then after he did well in that first preseason game, you were like, what? let's see what he does in game two. Okay, and then guess what? He flashed again against the Baltimore Ravens in preseason game number two. And now the expectation was, yeah, he's definitely going to play in game three. And I think he's going to play well in game three. And guess what he did? He played really well in game three. Once again, a pick and a player. That's what I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to trade. Maybe a pick and two players. I don't know. Andy Isabel I hope he's actually here but I got a feeling I got a feeling he's gonna be somewhere else
1: it's uh it's preseason so the numbers you can only read so much into the numbers I get it it's, it's really more how the guy looks but here's his three games in the preseason Wolf uh four catches for 57 yards against Cincinnati leading receiver how many targets in that? He okay. had like eight, I believe. Four for 57 on, I... on seven targets, yeah. On seven, okay. Okay, Dorch had eight. Um, in game two, five catches for 54 yards on eight targets. Okay. And then on Saturday, he had five catches for 115 yards on eight targets. There you go. So seven, eight, and eight targets. 23 targets in three games. Only Dorch, I think, was targeted more. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't <laughs> want to mean... overshadow Dorch here. Dorch was right there with him in all three of those games.
0: Again, the reason why we're we're not doing that is uh, Greg Dortch wasn't the Arizona Cardinals second round pick. Andy Isabella was. You, yeah, and, I, and Andy Isabella has been very disappointed. He's been a bust. You don't he, typically see a bust flip the switch like this. Yes. And that's the reason why he's got our attention and he's got everyone else's attention. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel
1: text line at 620-620 right now when we come back what can we expect from Corbin Carroll when he makes his debut for the D-backs tonight that's next it's the Wolf and Luke show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station Wolf and Luke Middays 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station alright welcome back to the show You know, We talked about this about a week or so ago, Wolf, how the Diamondbacks last year just didn't have a lot of great stories. They had the Tyler Gilbert no-hitter, and they had the season ending. Those were like the two top stories from last year. And even when the season ended, it ended in a walk-off fashion that we thought was going to cost them the top player in the draft. So even that was kind of a mixed bag. This year... Totally different. Uh, they have exceeded expectations at 59 and 67. You and I each had them in the low 70s for wins this year, right? And that was I believe I had higher.
0: 75. I had
1: 74. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: you had 74. That's yeah. right. I had 75. Great. That was higher than
1: most people had them for. And they're on pace right now. Uh, they're on pace to get around right around seventy five, right around that. Yeah, yep. Uh, but they did sweep the White Sox over the weekend, and that's that's great and all, but that's not the story. The story is you've already called up Alec Thomas this season, and he made more amazing defensive plays even after we talked to him on Friday. Um You've you've seen Dalton Varsho evolve. Jake McCarthy has been hitting out of his mind lately. But tonight it's the Corbin Carroll show. Corbin Carroll, who is the top prospect in baseball according to most most. You know, people that aggregate these things and put them together. Most scouts, uh, and Corbin Carroll, who hit a 463 foot <laughs> home run last week. <laughs> what?
0: 463 would you, feet. When you look at him, it's not like Corbin Carroll's huge. And yeah, got a good swing. He's got a great. He's got a great swing. There's no doubt about it. He gets the barrel on the ball. He's got a great swing, but it's amazing that he's got that kind of power. You yeah. want to talk about fast twitch? He's got it. Uh, you're going to see him tonight. He's supposed to bat eighth for the
1: D-backs, taking on the Phillies. It's at Chase Field, so that's nice. I don't, I mean, how many times have we had Mike Hayes and Mike Fitzgerald, Amiel Sade on this season, Wolf, where you're like, hey, yeah, that's great. When are you calling up Corbin Carroll? And they were finally just, I, I think they were probably like, okay, the guy's hitting 463-foot home runs and reaching base six times in one game, and Wolf just keeps asking us about bringing this <laughs> kid up.
0: You, so. you know I wasn't the only one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you were, it was only you
1: because you asked before I could. Yeah, so right. Unfortunately exactly. I can throw you under the bus. This is gonna be exciting. I, the
0: I, team is getting exciting for a for a sub five hundred team. You gotta be kidding me. I, I've never been so optimistic about the Arizona Diamondbacks in the last four or five years. Kid you not. Yeah, this that's is, fair. This seems like a plan. This is the way I think they've got to go. This is sustainable, developing players, drafting well and developing players, drafting well and developing players. Yes, you've got a, a pitching and defense philosophy, but drafting well and developing players within that philosophy. And when you say defense, man, you're talking Alec Thomas, Dalton Varsho, Jake McCarthy. Corbin Carroll, Drew Jones, these guys, they all have... Outfielders. I mean, honestly, it is fantastic, man. Can you possibly have too many young, athletic, fast, explosive... Outfielders with a big glove? I don't think so. So when they drafted
1: Drew Jones, and that really wasn't that long ago, it was like a month ago, right? They drafted Drew Jones, and and it was easy to make the connection of, okay, you already got Alec Thomas, and you know he can play center field in this league, and, and honestly, he might be just in terms of pure defense. He's probably already one of the top two or three center fielders in all of baseball. He's twenty-two. And It's unbelievable. I mean, he makes highlight reel catches like every other game. He's twenty-two. He's robbed. I can remember three home runs off the top of my head already this season. How old is he?
0: Twenty-two. Okay,
1: good. Uh, so you have him. You're going to have Drew Jones eventually, number two pick in the draft, and you've got Corbin Carroll. But Wolf, it's it's Dalton Varsho. When they when they drafted Drew Jones, I was like, okay, well, Varsho, you can move him around. Maybe you have to. Jake McCarthy, uh, now I actually have the numbers in front of me. Last two weeks, 421 with uh, seven runs, seven RBI, three stolen bases. An OPS over a yeah. thousand. Over the last two weeks, so right. over the last month, he's hitting over three hundred. Right. This is supposed to kind of be like, oh yeah, he's like the fifth or sixth. Yeah, no, whatever. Whatever. Jake, whatever. Jake Nine- sit
0: down and be quiet. We not- got Corbin Carroll coming up. <laughs> Drew Jones, Alec Thomas. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dalton Varsho's out here.
1: Nine steals in the last month for uh,
0: McCarthy too. Jake so, um, McCarthy's that's twenty-five. Crazy depth. He's twenty-five. It's not like he's one of these old, you know, triple-A no. players you brought up, this guy who's had a, a long career in the minor leagues, like, I don't know, Stone Garrett. <laughs> By the way, how's he doing? I, how's Stone Garrett he doing? Plays, he plays, he not even talked about I, Stone Garrett.
1: I, this is a great problem to have. And none of these guys are going to block Corbin Carroll if he plays to his potential, though, because make no mistake about it. Set Drew Jones aside for a second, because maybe Drew Jones upside is even higher than Corbin Carroll's. But he's just so young and so raw, it's hard to tell. But Corbin Carroll is is has long been heralded as the guy out of this group. Steve Gilbert was on with us earlier and uh, talked about his best attributes. He talked about Corbin Carroll's, not Steve's.
3: He can run like the wind um, and track down balls in the outfield. He, he seems to have, if you talk to scouts, what scouts will tell you is that he seems to have a knack for putting the barrel on the ball. So if, you, if you're going to pick something, that, that's one thing physically I would say is he's able to, it seems like he's always able to square up the baseball, whether that's hitting it over the fence or, or hitting it into the gaps and, and using his speed for extra bases. Um, that's probably one of his, his best attributes. I think, you know, if you're, you're looking uh, for something non physical, I think. His ability to kind of process information and and filter out what works for him, um, and, you know, the numerous suggestions that guys get as they come up through a system, he's able to filter out. Okay, this will work for me. This won't work for me. Um, that's something that that you know reminds me a little bit of, of the way Paul Goldschmidt was uh, in terms of his ability to listen to people and then be able to pick out what he thinks would help him as opposed to what won't
1: that ability to square up the baseball wolf that's how you hit a 463 foot home run when at least according to the website they have him listed at 510 165 damn this we're not talking about like we're not this is not Aaron judge size wise but he just hit a 463-foot home run, and he's, he's tearing the cover off the ball really at every level. Give me that. What is his measurable again? This, says just, this. what I'm looking at, says 5'10", 165. Yeah. I, it's got to it's
0: be a little... <laughs> it's got to be a little dated maybe right there.
1: I feel like But he, he, what we do know is this.
0: Website. He's not, he's not um, as you said, Aaron Judge, he's not. He's not this massive human being at all. He just has got the fast twitch fast twitch you want to throw the head inside pitch man he's going to get the barrel on the ball he's going to pull his hands in and fast twitch it that's who he is I look at the Diamondbacks just overall (laughs) another come from behind win they scored in the 8th to tie the game up and then they scored in the ninth last night to take the lead right another come from behind win for the Diamondbacks and another series with a bunch of young guys clawing and scratching their way to wins in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. For me, the young guys, you want to talk about resiliency? You want to talk about perseverance? I I think a lot of times with some older veterans, guys that have played for a long, long time, you get down in certain games and you're, you're like, hey, we are who we are at this point of the season. A young guy who is developing is never going to buy that. He's never going to he's always worried about doing better and getting better and getting better. Some guys, I think veteran guys who've been around in major league baseball for a long long time, this is baseball. This is the way that it goes. There's ups and there's downs and we're just going to just ride it out all the way through the end. When a young guy, I think in baseball, is going to be more locked in, more desperate to try to go out and do something. That's a dynamic that I believe exists in this clubhouse for the Diamondbacks.
1: I think they're proving your point because last season at this time... There wasn't even talk of like, hey, who are the, what did the D-backs do last night? It wasn't even like, who are the D-backs playing tonight? It was like, how many games are left? What are we, we've got to be till like the end of the season, right? We are who we are at this
0: point of the season.
1: This season, these guys that, that seem like distant names, Alec Thomas was even a distant name. Corbin Carroll was a distant name. Jordan Lawler was like barely even on the radar and he was hurt. Uh, and, and Lawler's probably still at least a year away, but he's hitting the ball really well, Look, too. Like th- now you actually have a team winning games with
0: the right guys winning the games for him. You were the one who brought this up first, but they've had 11 series since the All-Star break. 11. They're 6-3-2. and two. My brothers, does that shock you to hear that? They're 6-3-2 and two in series since the All-Star break.
1: I'm going to take it to an even further level, but this, this one is
0: uh, – I, I wouldn't say and it's How many young guys are they playing uh, out there? Pretty much all of them
1: All of them. Pretty much all of them. Christian Walker is like the only one over 30 most nights in the lineup. Uh, Wolf, they are at this point in the season – we're basically going into September. They're nine and a half games out of a playoff spot. They're not going to make it. But again,
0: if their bullpen was like okay, right. they'd be in the playoff race right now with Boy, all their prospects. I thought it was going to happen last night again than you? you thought yeah. it was when there was one out, two I just on. don't watch the ninth inning anymore. I just, <laughs> you thought it was good. Way to go, Ian!
1: Yes! Uh, I, the, the biggest I see anybody having Carroll listed is 5'10", 170.
0: Okay, well, he is. You can just watch him. You can watch tape on him. And you look at him, he is slight. There's no doubt.
1: But And I'm not saying he's this guy, but you don't need to be huge in baseball. Mookie Betts is 5'9", 180. So, if, you know, I'm not saying he's Mookie Betts, but you can be really good and not be huge in baseball. We come back. The Cardinals get any clarity on that running back room following preseason game number three. Hopefully, because cutdowns are tomorrow and there are no more preseason games. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.